welcome back to the Urology Care Podcast. Three years ago, we wrote a story for the Urology Care Foundation's care blog called The Story of R. Frank Jones, a medical and civil rights pioneer. This week on the podcast, in honor of African American History Month, we will be revisiting the story of R. Frank Jones and his impact on urology and medicine as a whole. To read this article, you can visit urologyhealth.org jones. And I'm going to have my guest introduce herself now and tell me a little bit about what she's been researching about Dr. Jones. Hello, my name is Nwana Mungenseo. I am a urologist at UC San Diego, uh, Department of Urology. Um, and <clears throat> I am currently um, slated to perform or present a podium presentation at this year's History Forum in the AUA uh, concerning uh, Dr. R. Frank Jones and his work in the training of uh, African-American urologists in the early and mid-19th century at the Freedmen's Hospital, uh, which is now the Howard University Hospital. Can you just start telling us a little bit about Dr. Jones and what makes him so interesting and what makes him so unique and why he's such a historical figure? Yeah, of course. Uh, So... Dr. Jones, um, I, you know, I think of him as a pioneer, a trailblazer, uh, both an advocate and activist. Uh, he was the first African-American diplomat of the AUA, um, which was quite a feat at the time. I think when he became an AUA member, there were only I think, seven or eight other African-Americans who were kind of board-certified members of a surgical subspecialty. Um, and I think to be the first of anything um, means that you've you've overcome a lot and and gone through a lot to, to kind of make a way for everyone that's going to come behind you. And I think he really stands out in, in his perseverance and commitment to not only ensuring that he would become a urologist, because I think, you know, the odds are really stacked against him in terms of that happening, but also in terms of making sure that he would not be the, the first and last um, African-American urology, but that there would continue to be African-Americans in urology after him. What kind of obstacles and difficulties did Dr. Jones have to overcome in order to make his contributions to urology and medicine? Just the the feat of kind of coming out of his upbringing. Um, Dr. Jones' uh, father, uh, grandfather um, actually paid his way out of slavery, um, and he kind of grew up in a small home with with several generations of family members and and was able to get education through the public health, public school system in uh, Washington, D.C. area, and then became interested in surgery after being a patient, um, which I think oftentimes is the way in which you know, many people kind of become introduced to medicine and surgery. Um, uh, and in particular, you know, at that time, African-Americans could only be trained at African-American-run uh, kind of community hospitals. Um, and so he was kind of at the mercy of any white physicians if if, the, if and when they were willing to train him. Um, and so kind of completing his surgical training in urology required that he have kind of sympathetic um, white physicians, which he kind of alludes to in some of his writings that were willing to take the time to train him because otherwise a lot of African-American 
physicians and, and medical trainees were turned away um, from predominantly white hospitals and were, were unable to train in those locations. And Dr. Jones being the first diplomat essentially means he was the first to become certified in the field of urology. Is that is that kind of, did I get that straight? Yeah, that's correct. So he was board certified and from there put in his application to join the AUA um, and was actually initially, his application was rejected. They told him that he didn't have enough endorsements, which kind of implied that that he wasn't fit to kind of be part of the organization. Um, and he he subsequently kind of resubmitted his application and, and was reminded that, you know, w- with his initial rejection, was reminded that the AOA is predominantly a social organization, um, which, again, seemed to kind of have some, some racial undertones in terms of having him as the first um, African-American diplomat, um, but, you know, he eventually was kind of was accepted and, yeah, was one of the first to be uh, board certified. There are several other, there were several other African-American urologists who had been trained predominantly in Chicago and Detroit um, who would later um, also become AUA members, but he was, he was the first of kind of his cohort. Yeah, and you mentioned this a bit earlier in the talk. He was interested in surgery because he was a, a patient himself, I believe, spending three weeks on the surgical ward as a patient. And during that time, he was attracted to the, the surgery and medicine in general. Why do you think having an experience like that would, would get someone interested in surgery? Yeah, I think, you know, I think surgery is unique because you can have you have very definitive endpoints and so you can have someone come in who who needs kind of an urgent intervention and that can be applied and that that person can kind of recover from that and so i think to be the recipient of that kind of clear logical flow from from problem to solution um, can definitely get somebody interested in the field. And I think that that's that's what happened to Dr. Jones. And you know, his initial tr- training was actually in gynecology because that's who he was able to have access to at the Freedmen's Hospital. And then subsequently was given an opportunity to spend some time with the urology service with a kind of full-time urologist that was on staff there, and and ultimately chose to pursue urology and, and we're thankful that he did because he's, he's made such an impact on the field. And how did you go about researching Dr. Dr. Jones? How did you find out all this information? What was your process? What originally also, what originally got you interested in wanting to study R. Frank Jones? Yeah, so I have a history background as, a, as an undergraduate. I did a major in kind of history and medicine. Um, and so I've always been fascinated by kind of the intersection of history and medicine and how that uh, how scientific discoveries and medical inventions are kind of contextualized in the the society and the culture of that time um so kind of throughout my time in residency i have continued to kind of ask questions about about um, urology and, and its history. And as, a, as an African-American female, I was initially kind of introduced to the R. Frank Jones Society, uh, which is kind of the African-American Urologist Society, by my dad, who's also a urologist. Um, and I remember initially thinking like, oh, this is such a kind of esoteric name for the society. I, I, don't, I don't know why 
why this name was chosen, and that kind of led me to naturally kind of find out more about both the, the society itself and then who, who, you know, who it's named after. Um, and Tracy Downs, Dr. Tracy Downs, who's an uh, African-American urologist out in Wisconsin, actually did a history forum on and subsequent paper on Dr. Jones, I think, three years ago or so. Um, and and that kind of kind of spurred this whole um, kind of inquiry into into him um, and his legacy further. Um, and then my history presentation, history forum presentation last year, kind of looked at residency training here at UC San Diego and how we kind of developed as a training program that was separate from a school of medicine, which was kind of unique at the time. And so I kind of was looking at kind of the question of residency and surgical training and learning more about R. Frank Jones and and kind of wed the two and and looking at how he kind of started a legacy of training African-American urologists. The process was kind of heavily reliant on like primary sources, so articles that Dr. Jones has written, um, information on the Freedmen's Hospital, uh, and then kind of also secondary sources, so things that others have written about that time or about R. Frank Jones himself. And I will mention that R. Frank Jones, Dr. R. Frank Jones, did retire in 1970 as medical director of Freedmen's Hospital, which is now, of course, known as Howard University Hospital in Washington, D.C. And I'll just ask if you have any more final thoughts or anything else you want to add to the conversation before we wrap up. Yeah, no, I think, you know, the demographics of urology are changing uh, in terms of the number of women that are entering the field. But I think as is true for all of the medical field, um, the numbers of African-American providers don't quite match what we see on the population level. And I think because of that, it's increasingly uh, kind of important that things like the R. Frank Jones Society um, and this podcast and, and all the different manners through which um, everyone can learn kind of more about R. Frank Jones' legacy and also kind of encourage uh, more people of color to go into urology. Awesome. And one last time, I'll just have you remind folks what your name is and where you practice right now. Uh, this is Dr. Nwana Bonganseo, and I am a urologist at UC San Diego. Thanks again for listening to the Urology Care Podcast. To read that article we mentioned about Dr. R. Frank Jones earlier in the podcast, visit urologyhealth.org jones. This podcast has been brought to you by the Urology Care Foundation, the official foundation of the American Urological Association.